and it became what we feel like is this anthem and mm. it's such an encouraging song it's about faith mountains move and the funny thing about it is we don't mention in the song you know heartbreak or pain it's mm. faith filled and i believe that that god was giving me that because he said there is purpose in your pain Welcome everyone. Today we are joined by EJ Lutouche. He is a gifted singer and songwriter as well as music director of Tampa Life Church in Tampa, Florida. In our conversation, we talked about his story, how he approaches songwriting, why he believes consecration is so important, the story behind the song When God Shows Up, and much more. Before we get to the conversation, I wanted to share this review with you all from Chile. They wrote, I love this podcast. He really does get the message through. It's almost like he knows what I'm supposed to listen to. I really like the starting intro music. It makes me vibe. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying the intro music. I do try to switch it up a bit. And thank you so much for leaving us that kind review. As well as listening in Chile. That is so cool. You may be listening but not following. Following us is the best way to stay connected and to not miss an episode. Just select follow wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, we want to encourage you to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It really does help get the podcast out to more people who can be blessed by it. Now, let's get to the conversation. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, bro. I'm excited, man. Love this podcast. Me too. Uh, I was excited to meet you. It's our, our first time meeting, but uh, yeah. hopefully it's not the hopefully it's not the last time that we have a chat. But it's great to have you on. It's good to be on. Not the last time at all. <laughs> well, um, I like to start off all these conversations by giving our guests the opportunity to share a little bit about their story, about their background. Um, so if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit of that with the audience, just so they know a little bit uh, okay. of your story. Yeah. So my name is EJ Latouche. Uh, actually, my real name is Everton Latouche Jr., but I just go by EJ. It's just a little bit easier. Um, and I am in Tampa, Florida. Um, and uh really uh, was raised in the home of a pastor uh, and uh, have been in Florida for a while. Um, uh, and really, I grew up on honestly under a church pew. I, I know that's like, like a cliche, but it's like one of those things where I was at the church whenever my parents was at the church. And I felt <laughs> like it was like all the time. Like it was like, man, I felt like they were, we were always there. But honestly, it afforded me such a great opportunity to see the ins and outs of ministry <clears throat> and church mm -hmm. from every level. Um, <clears throat> you know, ministry doesn't start on the platform. It doesn't start even in a mic. It starts, you know, true ministry when you go to clean the restroom after a youth event. <laughs> <laughs> true ministry is going out for 5 a.m. prayer on a Saturday morning as a kid. Mm. Uh, when every other every other kid is sound asleep in their bed, and uh, we're out at the church praying. <clears throat> so, really, 
um, have done almost everything in church, man, from youth ministry, music, maintenance, events, evangelism. I mean, I remember knocking doors. I don't know if that's mm. that's like a foreign oh, yeah. thing right now, but it's like <laughs> going out on Saturday morning and going into neighborhoods and knocking on doors, getting chased by dogs. Um, and just witnessing good old witnessing face to face, man. So, um, right now I reside in Tampa, Florida at Tampa life church. Uh, I'm really super duper in love with this church. I love my pastor. I love this city. I love our church and God's just been unfolding amazing things. Um, my wife, Alexis Latouche is my soulmate, my best friend. And we have a miracle son. His name is Julius Mark Latouche. Uh, he is, I'm going to get this wrong, 16 months. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I think it's 15 months going on 25 years old. Uh, he's <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> it feels like he's growing like weeds. And, and uh, man, I'm just in love with life. I, I mm. and, and I'm blessed beyond more than I can even say. So were you were you born and raised in Florida, or where, where do you come from originally? Born and raised in Florida, um, and honestly, was one of those people I lived all over, all over. Uh, in South Florida, when I got married, I moved to North Jacksonville, which is like on the mm-hmm. border of like Georgia. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been here for a minute, man, and uh, I love it. My parents are from Jamaica, so okay. I am of. Jamaican heritage, but uh, we have like been here for a long time. So, yep. Yeah, my brother-in-law, he's uh, he's Jamaican as well. Yeah, uh, nice. Stefan Morris. Yeah. yeah. He, okay. He's he uh, moved to Australia from uh, New York, so he lived at he went to Bethel Church up in New York, but uh, his family's originally out of Jamaica. Yeah. Yes, and honestly, a lot of Jamaicans make that transition from the island to like New York or like Miami, which is two conundrums because it's like mm. New York is nothing like Jamaica, but it's like no. it's a hub. It's a hub. It's mm. an e-commerce hub. You can make it in New York. You can make it anywhere. And then it's like yeah, Miami yeah. is like closer to the weather of like Jamaica. So that's that's cool. That's cool. I love it. Your your church is awesome. I love following a Tampa Life on. Uh, I follow them on Instagram and yeah. uh, you guys put out some really cool content. Whoever's doing that, give them kudos. Cause this is so, <laughs> oh man, it's, I'll it's give awesome. a shout out right now. We have a great team. Honestly, we have a team, but for our like social media um, is Riley Tisdale, which is the pastor's daughter. She's killer. Um, she's amazing. And honestly, we have some marketing geniuses and like, like we have folks that do that for a living where they, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just been great, man. I don't mean to brag, but I love my church so much. It's just, <laughs> it's great, man. It's great. It's great. But we're honored um, that you watch, man. It's, it's, it's been a journey. It's, it's been a season. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's no, it's not nothing wrong here with loving your church, man. I love my church. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing but, wrong at all. So you, you grew up in and around church. Um, mm-hmm. You said you, you grew up on, under the pew, on the pew, around the pew, you know, whatever, yeah whatever needed to be done. When did you first feel a call to ministry more personal to to go deeper? Yeah, man, that's such a great question is I feel like I was, uh, in the context of callings, I feel like I was more of a late bloomer. Um, because, and I think it's more along the lines of, I feel like I ran from it maybe. Mm. Um, you know, being 
in a pastor's home, you're ingratiated in ministry, whether you want to or not, right? But I think that point where I made a decision where, hey, this is for me and I really felt a calling on my life was I was probably about maybe 14, maybe 15. And I made a decision. Um, I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? You know, um, I'm a musician. So I started off on drums, mm-hmm. uh, you know, moved um, to moved off drums because I felt like we had a million drummers. And I was like, man, I, I got to get away from this. And uh, so then it, naturally I moved into keys. Um, and honestly, I moved into keys because there was a need. Mm. Like uh, at the time we had a killer guy and um, uh, he left the church and my dad was like, you're up. I was like, what? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I said, yo, what's going on? And um, uh, honestly, that really cultivated my my love and I fell in love with the piano um and it was like right around the time a few years later where like YouTube was coming out you know so it was like uh YouTube was such a a a plethora of knowledge I mean you can learn whatever you want to do if you want to learn anything put on YouTube and I remember spending hours I would be on hours I would spend on YouTube my parents saw something in me and was like let's let's actually move you into some lessons so I went and I took like some like classical lessons, hated it. I feel like there's so much rules around it. My teacher did not. She said, you know, I eventually moved into more of the jazz side because it's a little more expressive and there's a little mm-hmm. less rules. But I really felt that call at about 14 or 15. I remember like it was yesterday. I was sitting in my bedroom and I was praying to God and I said, God, like, I need you to know. I, I want to know what you want me to do. A lot of people don't really know this about me, but when I was younger, I had a severe speech impediment. Like when I say it, it was like trying to start a car and it was weird. I would go out to eat and I would, I would, I would never order my food officially. I would literally open up and point at, Hey, I want this. Uh, It was really, and honestly, I felt like it crippled me because I loved to talk in a sense, but it was just hard. It was really hard. And I remember I was in my bed and I was crying and I said, Lord, why, like, why do you, like, why did you make me like this? Literally Mm. that question. Why did you make me like this? And I remember the Lord spoke to me. Oh, so clearly he said, EJ, what I'm going to do in you, I want you to know that it is by my hand and it is by my mind and I'm going to get the glory out of your life. Uh, And I remember from that day forward, uh, that I made a decision that I'm going to follow after what the Lord wants me to do with everything, um, uh, with all of my might. In the Bible, it says, whatsoever thy hand find it to do, do it with all your might. Whether that's music, whether that's yard work, whether that's, you know, like picking up trash after church, I said, I'm going to do it. Eventually, I, you know, I found that I really have a talent for music and writing. I've been writing for a long time and honestly so I think it was in my teenage years that I really made a decision I felt like I had a calling on my life Mm. and so what advice would you give someone who who feels the call to ministry whether that's as you said whether that's uh, playing an instrument uh, singing worship preaching yeah um, you know whatever it is that that God is leading them towards what what advice would you give someone who is who is on that road Man, that's that's such a great. I, I think for me, is 
do not despise your season of obscurity. Um, that's that's really a language that I that I learned from my pastor here. Um, he would say that in your ministry, you're going to go through um, seasons. And one of the seasons is the test of obscurity. Can you be faithful to what you felt like God has called you to do uh, when no one notices that you have a calling? Can you be faithful over the little things? Can you show up at rehearsal and can you play and can you sing and can you worship your heart out and no one ever tell you thank you? Can you Mm -hmm. do that? And if you can pass the test of obscurity, the next phase is passing the test of notoriety is when you get the accolades, when there's people saying you're such talented and you're gifted and oh my God, he's, he's using you. Can you be a vessel and not, so you hold the glory of the God, but that doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. My dad used to tell me, uh, he used to say, I want to be a shovel not a wheelbarrow. I remember I was like, what does that even mean? And it was like one of those things where he said, a wheelbarrow holds things until it's until it's full. A shovel is just a transporter. So when, and, and I live my life today like that. When everyone says, EJ, you did such an amazing job, all glory to God, shovel. Mm. EJ, man, that set list was amazing. All glory to God, shovel. Your team was killing it. They are, they are, they are amazing. Shovel. God get the glory. God get the glory. I always want to be a shovel, not a wheelbarrow, man. Mm. So uh, I would say, don't you know? Don't despise your season of obscurity. Uh, In due season, your gift will make room for itself. And you had on your podcast layered. Silliman and uh, he spoke about this. He talked about the gift, and let me just say, mind blown. <laughs> I, I saved that clip. I watch it every week. Uh, just how he broke down your gift will make room for itself, and the common notion is that we feel like our talent will make room for it, and how mm. he, man, that was just powerful. But I would say, listen, when God opens a door, no man can shut it. If you open the door, you have to hold it. You have to sustain it. You have to pull and pry, but let God open the door. So let your season unfold because seasons are a part of life and there's lessons to be learned in every season. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, because if you're trying to, to force something to happen, um, you're not going to get the result that you want because exactly. it's not of God, right? Like if, if you're <laughs> trying to make it happen... <laughs> You're never going to feel comfortable because you're like, you know, yes. you'll have that sort of imposter syndrome that we talk about every once in a while. It's like, I don't, I shouldn't be here. And it's like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't because you made it happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, hey, something doesn't feel right. Hey, this wasn't you. I, I heard, and I can't remember who I heard it from, but they said, uh, you will continually frustrate yourself uh, if you try to live someone else's calling. Mm. Or if you try to open up a door that's not meant to be opened up to you. So it's like you always feel out of place. So that's a great word, man. Yeah, man. That's good. Well, so uh, you mentioned that, that you're a musician, you're a singer-songwriter, uh, vocalist as well, and, and your talent has been a blessing to the church um, um, beyond just the U.S. You know, we, we listen to 
your stuff and, and it's awesome. Oh, wow. Uh, whether it's your own music, whether you're collaborating with others. Can you talk about the importance of creatives in the local church, whether that's music, media, but just the just the role that creatives play in the body of Christ? Yes, I think they play an important role. Honestly, Jesus himself was a creative. Mm. You, you cannot tell me that hanging these neurons and light light things called stars in the world in the sky in the universe is not creative like mm. he is a creative uh and it's a beautiful thing i think that creatives play an important part and i specifically feel like they play an important part for the end time revival we live in such a digital media marketing age right now i mean i remember when i was growing up uh when internet first came out dell was like <laughs> and it was the build up uh you know that kind of stuff was wild i remember that man i remember we had like a playstation and you would you would, you know have it in there you'd have to clean it and turn it and it had the loading sign we're such in a digital age and creatives on honestly what they can do they are literally the hands and feet of jesus mm. They are the hands and feet. I live stream, social media, video production, music. Uh, it's it is such a needed aspect in the church. And honestly, there's this long debate. I talk about it here at my church with the team um, and my pastor. We talk about it all the time. There's this there's this long and old battle talking about uh, the importance of worship versus the word. Right. Mm hmm. And I am of the belief pattern is that music, and now we know that worship in the context of worship, the origins of worship is not rooted in music, right? It's rooted in sacrifice. Right. But music is a supernatural tool that we have on earth to edify the body. And <clears throat> I believe that they are two pillars. The worship and the word are two important pillars and important in a service. Um, the word is for us. The worship is for him. Jesus doesn't need the word. He is the word. <laughs> he, it, it's, it's him. <laughs> we right. need the word. But God also requires worship. It says in scripture, for the father seeketh such. He's look, he, he desires to worship. And I firmly believe that there are people that are searching in the world for what's that missing thing. And they look for it in, in money and drugs relationship, but they don't know that their soul is yearning for the creator. Their mm. soul is yearning to get back to the father that created them. So creatives, I believe, play such an important role. And I believe it is our role and our responsibility to make space for the creatives to do what they do. It's evangelism. It's outreach. Mm. It's ministry. It is literally the hands and feet of Jesus in every capacity. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think that they help uh, extend the message, you know, from inside the building to outside the building and then yes. throughout the week as well. If, if used effectively, like we mentioned earlier, your church, the way your church is, is using uh, the avenue of social media, that, that message is being extended outside of that. I mean, for example, someone in Sydney, Australia is able to see what's being ministered at, you know, what the Lord is saying to the church in Tampa, but also, um, you know, what he may be saying to me personally. So yeah, creatives mm -hmm. make that happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Agreed. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. 
So I've got to ask you this. Uh, I can't have a songwriter on the podcast and not ask them about their process. Uh, just because yeah. for a lot of us, you know, it's, it's a bit foreign to us, you know. Um, we love music. We listen to music. I had Draylon on uh, a couple months ago. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like talking about, great. he's like, I just love music. And then I was like, yeah, I love music too, bro. But I'm not writing <laughs> what you're writing. <laughs> and so for those who... For those who, who love to worship, love God, and are musically inclined, would you mind sharing a little bit? You don't have to go into too much detail, but what is your process when it comes to, to writing music? Yes, I mean, so I think it's evolved over years, you know, um, but my process honestly is uh, prayer and reading the word. Um, I believe that uh, when you're talking about a song and, uh, and honestly, when you hear a song, you really know the songs that have been thought out or that have been written from a place of, of, of experience or pain, uh, because you can feel it in the song, reading your Bible, praying. I'm a, and, and honestly, over the years, I have become a student of writing, uh, meaning I have a natural talent to write, but I spent time honing that craft and I've trained myself to write without inspiration, right? So mm -hmm. to write on fact. So reading the word of God and um, understanding how things come. So being a student of writing. Um, to so, where sorry, God, let, let, me know, let me interrupt you there. Um, can you can you unpack that? What do you mean? Like, I think I know what absolutely. you mean, but just unpacking what it means to, because to, so many people just wait for inspiration. Even uh, people who are, you know, putting sermons together, they're waiting for that inspira mm -hmm. inspiration or, yeah. So yeah. what does that mean just to write based on fact? Absolutely. So I mean, for me is there are seasons where I, where if I'm writing, I'm not inspired to write about a specific thing, but when I'm not inspired, I lean on the facts or I lean on my spiritual, like, like, you know, so where it's like, Hey, I read my Bible every day. I'm a student of writing means, okay, I don't have inspiration, but let me just pray and let me think about it. God, you've never left me. You're faithful. Well, I can, I can expound on that. I didn't have inspiration about that, but it's a fact that God has mm. never left me and he never will. So I'm that, I'm, I'm of that vibe of even when I'm, when I lack inspiration or when I have writer's block, um, I'll just start naming facts. I'll just start saying, well, Jesus, you've 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 never left me, um, and you never will. <clears throat> I've uh, I've never seen the righteous. I've never seen my family left on the streets. I go down those facts, and I discipline myself to write based on fact. So therefore, you know, I don't need the inspiration of a melody, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a I'm a melodic writer because I'm a musician first. So I write. Oftentimes, my songs come from melodies so when god shows up that was a melody first uh, it was it was like a melody first and then it then the lyrics came later but so if you if if you lean on being a student of whatever it is you know sermon prep writing um whatever it is there's times where you won't feel like practicing drums but you are disciplined to practice mm. beyond inspiration. So that's what I mean by that. Yeah, that's good. And, and so um, 
you know, you're writing this music, you're, you're helping uh, record, produce uh, apostolic music. Why do you think it's important that, that this music is going? It's great seeing so many different people. I mean, almost every mm-hmm. other week I'm seeing another person announcing a live recording yeah. or they've got a project coming up or a song's released. I mean, it, it's so cool. Uh, you know, growing up, Absolutely. we didn't have this. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> my kids are yeah. blessed. They, they have all of this great music to listen to. Why do you think it's so important that that this continues to happen, that apostolics are producing this? I think it goes back to being the hands and feet of Jesus. And also, I believe that it's it's specifically important for apostolic music uh, because here's the deal. Is I believe firmly now. I want to be careful here, but I want to be I want to be very transparent in this moment is that I believe that the apostles doctrine is what makes the difference. Mm. Um, I believe that I heard this said and it's such a great phrase. I repeat it all the time. I said, uh, do you just have you just heard the name of Jesus or do you actually know him? And getting when you deeply have a relationship with Jesus and not just that you know his name you you keep his commandments you worship him in spirit and in truth you have a covenant to live a life that is mm. pleasing to the lord there is something special that we cannot deny that comes with sacrifice there's a there is a there is a special anointing that comes with sacrifice and i believe that so hardly so apostolic music is so important because of the sacrificial life that we live there is so much depth to our walk that when the songs come out when the books come out honestly the anointing is all over the pages it's all over the lyrics it's all over whatever you touch. It's it's the the anointing is there because there has been a sacrificial living to accompany that. And I believe that that is the difference maker. So it is important for us to release music. It is important for us to release books. I mean, I don't know if we have one yet, but movies and content, it is important for us to put that out because uh, we need to saturate this market uh, we need to sacri- we need to saturate the community, the world, with this special kind of anointing that only comes through sacrifice. I haven't heard it unpacked that way, but uh, that's so good to to look at it from that perspective. That the because of the sacrificial lifestyle, um, and, and not just lifestyle, but the commitment to follow God, you know, wherever He leads, that that the outflow of that. Um, is unique and, and it is you know it is like you uh, you see all the time you know, different um, musicians or singers being exposed for living a double life or you know mm-hmm. they're they're doing something uh, with this group but then they're also doing something with the, another group that that's not mm-hmm. um, you know they're, they're not fully committed to you know just uh, God alone and so yeah, yeah I think I think that's that's so important that that we support, but also that those who um, are committing to to God and committed to living that life of sacrifice, that they mm-hmm. put that music out. That, that was good, man. Uh, absolutely, like absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's such a fresh absolutely. perspective. And I, one of those things where it's like, man, if you read in the Bible countless amount of stories where Jesus said, 
um, your faith has made you whole, right? I go back to that. And there is not faith without sacrifice. I believe that faith and sacrifice go hand in hand. I mean, the woman with the issue of blood, it took faith, but it also took sacrifice for her to stumble through a crowd of people that were no doubt making fun uh, and, and all this kind of stuff. But she pressed her way through the crowd and she had to get to Jesus. She sacrificed her dignity. My pastor, Pastor Robert Tisdale, uh, says something that is profound. He says, um, until you risk your reputation, God will not lay his out on the line. And I believe it's one of those things where it's like sacrifice uh, and faith go hand in hand. So because when I read those scriptures, thou, thou faith has, thy faith has made you whole. It's just so empowering. So I believe that uh, there's a special anointing, man. There is a special uh, oil that comes with sacrifice. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, in, in committing yourself to God, for sure. Um, Absolutely. I saw a clip, uh, you know, obviously I knew of you and, and listened to your music, but I was really moved by a clip that I saw. I think it was at, um, it used to be called Revival Center, but I think it's just Revival Church now. Yes, uh, you're, yes. You're sharing your testimony, you're, or at least you're sharing the backstory of the song you co-wrote with Draylon Young, When God Shows Up, which is a phenomenal yeah. song. and. And we've sung it Appreciate and uh, listened to it all the time. Um, would you mind sharing that testimony here? Would you mind sharing Absolutely. that with the audience? Absolutely. You know, our wife we've we've been very transparent about this because we felt like uh, we felt like God wanted us to. Um, me and my wife we struggled with um, having children, uh, and in fact, we were trying for maybe four or five years and uh, and miscarriage after miscarriage. We had a number of those. And honestly, it's one of those things that's so taboo. It's 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 taboo. It's not talked about in the world, but also it's not talked about in the church world at all. Um, mm. And miscarriages are are very common. If you go to a hospital, all the nurses say this is this is common. So we had been going through a period where we we just had miscarriage and we couldn't have children, and uh, the doctors didn't know. They just said, "Hey, you know, you guys need to look into adoption." And honestly, it wrecked our world, you know, because I believe that, you know, God has built into the infrastructure um, of the family, of the man and the woman to want to extend and grow their family. I believe that that, mm -hmm. that is engraved in our DNA. And we felt like we couldn't do that. We felt broken. And then honestly, they don't really teach you as a man, you know, uh, how to how to walk through that. Um, um, so we couldn't have kids and the doctors didn't know what to do. And uh, we were broken. We were heartbroken. And, and we said, God, you know, what's the deal? And I remember uh, after I think it was our third one or our fourth one, um, uh, I went into my office and I said, God, I'm tired of crying. I said, Lord, one thing I'm not going to do anymore is I'm not going to cry because I've cried all the tears I could. My, I, I, I was so lost. Um, I would get in my car and drive to McDonald's so that my wife would not see me cry because I wanted to be strong for her because I couldn't even imagine what she was going through with her body and carrying the child and losing it. It was just, oh, we we're so heartbroken. But I told God one day, I said, hey, God, I need you to encourage me because I, I, I'm, I'm just tired of crying. 
and I had had the melody in my head already. To, da, na, 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 na. And I remember that God told me clearly, he said, when I show up, something has to change. And I said, jeez, Lord. And he gave me the beginnings of that song. He inhabits the praise of his people. Where two or three are gathered, he is near. So raise a sound and make it loud because our God is here. He gave me that and I felt the strength coming back to me. And I would sing that to myself for months. For months, I would just sing it to myself. And it was so weird because in a moment of where, I, you know, I, I, I felt pain and I was sad, God gave me an upbeat song. <laughs> yeah. It gave yeah. me a more of a, such a faith-filled song. And it was such a blessing to me that whenever I felt alone, whenever I felt empty, I felt like I was in a dark place, I would go in there and I would play it. And I would sing it to my wife. When God shows up. And then, I, so I, I remember I had the song and Draylen is one of my best friends. And I said, Draylen, look, I have this song. And honestly, let me go back. Draylen and his wife had came to our church and uh, we had hosted them. And uh, I don't know if you remember this, but we went to out to eat um, and we were in the parking lot and we were leaving. And he stopped me and my wife. He said, hey, uh, I know you guys have gone through some issues and my wife want to just we want to pray right now. And we want to tell you that we believe that you're going to have a child and we believe that your first child is going to be a son. That's what mm. he told me. Wow. And it was so much faith. It was that was such a faith, faith statement that I didn't even know how to grasp it. And so I told him, I said, hey, look, man, I have this song that I felt would be really special if you did it on your record. I want you to help me finish it. But I believe that God told me to give you this song. And me and Draylen, we write all the time. So we're mm -hmm. like, uh, we are like peanut butter and jelly when it comes to songwriting. Like, we know what we're going to say. We finish each other's statements. So he was like one of those things where we finished it. And it became what we feel like is this anthem. And mm -hmm. it's such an encouraging song. It's about faith. Mountains move. And the funny thing about it is we don't mention in the song, you know, heartbreak or pain. It's faith-filled. Mm. And I believe that, that God was giving me that because he said, there is purpose in your pain. Mm. There, that, that Your pain is going to be a testimony. You're going to come out of this. And my pastor would sow into us. He told us uh, on a Sunday, didn't even know. He said, hey, you're exploring adoption. Throw away all of the paperwork. Don't go down that path. God, you are going to have a child. God told me to tell you you're going to have a child few weeks later, uh, we had went on a trip and, and we prayed, me and my wife, and we said, we're going to have a baby. We came back home and my wife had just a checkup and she went and she was pregnant. Mm. So it was, man, it was such a faith journey. And God has proven time and time again in our lives that when he shows up, nothing, ugh. Nothing can stay the same when he shows up. And that's awesome. Well, you, you made a comment about, um, you know, ministering, ministering out of pain. Um, why, why do you think it's necessary for us to minister out of pain and brokenness, even when we don't feel like it, you know? <laughs> I, I, doubt, I doubt you felt like it, um, but Sunday still came around. You're still leading your yes. church in worship. 
Why do you think it's so important in those moments of pain and brokenness to allow God to minister through us? Man, absolutely. <clears throat> I believe that is important because uh, we've heard the statement, right, that your praise is a weapon. It's been in songs, um, you know, our praise is a weapon. Um, but I also believe that when you worship and when you praise, there is a sense of encouragement. There is the gentle reminder through a worship song that God is here, that he is near to you and he understands. I believe that there's purpose in your pain. With, with God, there's nothing's wasted. Mm. God will use your pain to bless someone else. God will take what you have gone through and he will link you up with somebody that's going through what you've gone through and you will be the vessel that carries them through. I believe that firmly so i feel it in my spirit so hard is that your 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 purpose has so much pain that you're going to help someone else that no one else could help because of what you've gone through and i believe that what makes the difference <clears throat> is can you worship him when things are going wrong it's easy to worship when things are going right can you worship him when god doesn't answer your prayer right away can you still go in to worship and play and preach and sing and love him when he when it almost feels like his response is no can you still give him praise can you still give him worship and i believe that that it takes a special because here's the thing the bible says let everything that hath breath <clears throat> praise the lord but it says that they that worship him must do it in spirit and in truth so by that it's 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 qualifying that in order to praise, you just have to have breath. Mm. <laughs> but in order to worship, you have to have spirit and truth. So that means you have to have a covenant with the Lord. You have to be walking and living a Christian life and following his commandments. Because I believe that there is a certain peace, there is a certain strength that is drawn from when you worship. And when you lean on that in places of pain. So when you feel hurt and broken don't run from the father, run to the father. Don't run away from responsibility, run to responsibility. Because I believe that in doing that, you are going to be gaining a special kind of strength that can only come from the house of God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. That's powerful, a statement that, that nothing's wasted with God and that you, through your pain, through your suffering, you have the ability to minister to someone in a way yes. that you would have never been able to avoid. None of us like it. None of us enjoy it. None of us want it. But it gives us the ability to effectively minister to someone who's who walk who's walking down the same path. There's people listening to this podcast yes. who who have who have uh, lost pregnancies, who have lost children, and because of the pain that you and your wife have gone through, in the testimony that you have, that's why it's important to share your testimony. Um, yes, but. Because of that testimony, you're able to minister to people uh, in places where where they feel like, you know, maybe this is off limits or maybe no one else has been able to speak to them uh, in that space. But because of what you've Absolutely. gone through, you know, amen, that's, that's, that's yes. powerful. Yes. Well, I like to ask this question to every person who comes on the podcast. What is it that drives you, EJ, when it, when it comes to ministry? What is it that is that driving force for you? Whew, man, that's a big question. I think, honestly, 
for me. It is pleasing my father. And honestly, for me, it's also repaying a debt that honestly I could never repay. Uh, I make this statement all the time. I say, I'll be living the rest of my life <clears throat> trying to repay a God that I can't afford. <laughs> <laughs> I will live the rest of my life trying to repay a God that I could never afford. And for me, what keeps me driving, what keeps me moving, wakes me up to walk this Christian journey and to, and to do what I feel like God has called me to do is I want to please the Father. I want to please my Father. Uh, I want his sacrifice to not be in vain. I don't want it to be wasted. Uh, and I believe that every day that I wake up and I make a decision to not follow my flesh, but to follow the spirit and to follow him every day that I wake up and I make that decision, first making that decision, I believe that I am making steps towards making him happy and towards mm -hmm. saying, uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I I'm making those steps. So for me, it's all about how can I please the Father? How can I please Jesus? Uh, and honestly, that is a measuring tool that me and my wife do up against everything that we do in life. You know, how how can we please the Lord? Um, how can we make him happy? So I would say that the driving factor for EJ Latouche is making the Lord happy, making my father happy. Mm. Well, it's it's been awesome having you on and, and having this discussion. Uh, do you have any projects coming up that, that I need to let the listeners know about? Man, yes. Yeah, so I'm working, trying to put out a uh, another single, which is probably going to be released uh, probably early next year. Um, but honestly, I am in a season of writing. Um, uh, um, James, Draylen, Mark Crowder, I, I, I've just had the opportunity to write with them and mm. uh and you know other artists that i'm just I'm, I'm in this season of writing where i believe that god has given me songs and my pastor says says this he says uh and i believe honestly i've adopted that mantra is if the lord will keep giving me these songs and i believe that the lord has said if, if you will keep giving them away i will keep giving you more Mm. So I believe that I, I believe, so I'm in a season, honestly, of flooding, flooding the market, <laughs> apostolic market, which is writing music. So if you're an apostolic artist, you know, or an aspiring and you say, I don't want to write, I don't know how to write, reach out to me. I, I'm, I'm, I've been doing camps. I've been doing trainings and just trying to help and just trying to sew back into what I felt like God has given me. So I think next year is going to be a very busy and impactful year. So look out because there's, there's, there's <laughs> some cool things coming. There's some cool things that, coming. That's awesome, man. I remember uh, Mark Morgan told us uh, years ago here in Sydney, 10 or 11 years ago, but he said, if you will, if you will always uh, live as a church like this, you have your hand open, God will continue to pour into it. But as uh, if you get into a state where you, you close your fist and you keep everything to yourself, and and everything that He gives you is is only there to bless you. Then the blessings of God are going to dry up. So, man, that's Ooh, awesome. You keep you keep as God powerful. pours in, you pour out. You know, as you said, Absolutely. we're that we're that vessel. Um, we don't want to be that wheelbarrow. We want to be that shovel. That as Absolutely. He gives to us, we give out. Amen. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. How can people stay connected to you? What's the best way for them to stay connected to you? Man, um, Instagram, um, EJ Latouche. Uh, I have a website, EJ Latouche Music. um, And and I have some couple things rolling out here. So if you want to follow me on all of my socials, honestly, I'm terrible at social media. (laughs) I'm trying to get to that. I'm trying to get there. Um, But uh, all of my, everything, you, you can stay up to date with everything that's happening on all of my socials. So awesome. Well we'll link we'll link it all through in, in the show notes and in the description. So if you guys wanna wanna follow him, go ahead and click through into that. Man, it's been it's been awesome uh, having this time together and, and chatting. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you, you, you've been a blessing. I know you've been a blessing to someone out there. Um, before we finish up here, I'd like to give all of my guests the opportunity to uh, leave uh, the audience with, with a closing word, a closing thought. So uh, whatever God has given you, uh, would you mind sharing it here with the podcast as we finish up today? And again, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. No, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's just been a blessing and I never take any of these opportunities lightly. I know you could have asked anyone, but I would say this <clears throat> is I believe that uh, worship, and we kind of talked about this a little bit, but honestly, I am a praise and worshiper to my very core is I'm the guy that I will linger in service. Uh, I I was talking to a friend and they were saying, man, I really don't like the pressure of altar call, you know, to come up with the song that feels like match with the word. And I said, man, altar calls is my jam. It's my bread and butter. I've written whole songs at altar because I just, I love to lay a sacrifice of praise and worship at the altar. So I would say, Praise and worship, uh, even though it's something that we give to the Lord, it benefits us so much. Worshiping through the pain, worshiping through the chaos, praising through the noise. It is so important to give you strength on this Christian journey because we know it. We're living in a world of chaos. It's chaotic and it's getting worse and worse by the hour, by the day. But in a world of chaos, we know that there's a consistent, there's a constant, and his name is Jesus. And if you stay close to the Father, then everything will be all right. I've heard someone say, uh, 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 you know, uh, the closer you are to Jesus, the smaller your issues and problems are. So I encourage you is to lay it all on, out on the line. I mean, I know, I know everyone's not the same, but dance out of that tie, worship out of them shoes, give the Lord, dance like David. The Bible says that David danced so hard that his wife said, what are you doing? You're a man of posture. You're a man of status. You are the king. Pick yourself up and put yourself together. But David said, you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. He's going to worship. So I encourage you to worship through the pain, worship in joy, worship in every season, because there is a special kind of strength that you draw from being able to praise the Lord vigorously through every season. Worship. Worship like it's the last time. Praise like it's the last time. And I'm not saying you need a platform to do that. When I'm not on the platform, I worship just as hard on the pew and on the floor as if I'm worshiping up there. I lay it all on the line 
Because I will do what the scripture says. I will not give the Lord something that does not cost me something. So if it costs me my dignity, lay it on. If it costs me time, lay it out. If it costs me effort, I'm laying it all out on the line. Lay it all out on the line like it's the last time.